the time. Where do you like to eat? What's your favorite food? What's the best thing you've ever eaten? That's why we're here now. Not only to tell you what we love to eat, but where you can go get it. It is so amazing. I can't sleep at night. It drives me crazy. It really does have a strong hold on me. So if I'm going to indulge, I'm going full force. I would do anything to get that slice. Anything. Absolutely anything. Oh, it's so good. That, I think, arguably, is the world's greatest bite of food. It's like the best of the best. This is the one percenter. It's crazy good. Yeah, baby. So good. When God created white truffles, I don't know what he was thinking. But this is really the perfect thing. It is so amazing. It's intoxicating. I have it in my head. I dream about it. It is really something special. It's heaven on earth. White truffles to me are more important than diamonds. When truffles are in season, I head right over to Valentino in Santa Monica, California and have the tagliatelle. It drives me crazy. Just the thought about going to Valentino, I can't sleep at night. It's perfection. It's so simple. I mean, a few ingredients, boil homemade pasta, which is made with semolina and flour and egg yolk. That's the way the best pasta is made. And then the little shallot, little cream, little Parmesan cheese to make a sauce. And then be generous with the white truffles. And there's never enough white truffles for me. White truffles, you don't have to cook them. Just raw on top of pasta, raw on top of anything. It will taste fantastic. The whole room smells like white truffles. You walk in there and the whole room people say, what smells like that? The aroma of the white truffles, it's like the most amazing smell in the world. I wish I could make a perfume and wear it every day. The flavor is almost impossible to describe. There is no substitute. I will drive a hundred miles in the rain or in a snowstorm just to get that dish. It's magical. I know I'm usually smiling and happy and excited. I want to be really serious with you right now. If you are into pizza and you want the best on the planet, you have to make the trip to Brooklyn. This pizza is so good, we need a moment of silence. Once in your lifetime, you have to go to DeFaris. Oh, it's so good. The ultimate best slice ever is a square slice with mushrooms and garlic. I would do anything to get that slice, anything, absolutely anything. It's not like you're just eating a slice of pizza. You're eating a piece of what's so great about America. Dom is the first thing that you're going to see when you walk into DeFaris. He runs the joint. And this man, he came from Italy as an immigrant, and he made the American dream. I'm proud of what I do. I make every pizza for 45 years. He's the only one that touches those pizzas. Doesn't matter how busy I am, each pie I make, I make sure I make it right. No shortcut. See, this is the square. Throw the great sauce on that he has. Parbake, come out. Then throw on the grana padano. Buffalo mozzarella. Mushrooms, chunks of garlic. Then he puts it in the oven. He comes out and he lays it down on the counter. It's not done yet. It still needs basil over the top. He doesn't have it pre-chopped. He gets his scissors out and he cuts it. It is the hands of Dom that make every single pizza so good and I have waited for more than two hours for my slice. Look at this. I will always fight for the corner slice. You get that double crunch on both sides. But it's also soft as well. Everything 
comes together. I would fly around the world to get this pizza, and I hate flying. This is the best thing I ever ate of the best thing I ever ate. This is like the best of the best. This is the one percenter. You want crazy good, you gotta go for it. Fenton's oh. Creamery in Oakland, California has got the crazy good banana split. You want the home run of ice cream, swing for the fences. You want Fenton's, you want the banana special. I've had banana splits from here to Timbuktu, love them. Fenton's has the classic banana split, but they call it the banana special because it's bigger. It's basically three pounds of ice cream with three different types of toppings. It is hedonistic. It's kind of an eye-catching, jaw-dropping, spectacular Sunday. It's an art, it's a craft. These guys have been doing it for over 100 years. Since 1894. Hi, welcome to Fenton. Everything is fresh, everything is house-made, everything is awesome. Start off with a fresh banana here, one scoop of vanilla, one scoop of strawberry, Fens makes their ice cream on premises. From our mix that we get from Berkeley Farms. Good whole cream ice cream. Then it has pineapple topping, strawberry topping. Sprinkle the whole thing with roasted almonds. Another scoop of chocolate on top and house-made chocolate sauce. Some more almonds and then whipped cream, nuts, and cherry. And that's our banana special. And you're like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like a kid again. You're like five years old. You're like, I love it! I love this ice cream. I love this big sundae. You have so much going on. You got the strawberries, vanilla's going on, banana's going on, whipped cream is going on. You have the, all of these different textures. Everything's sweet, everything's sugary, everything's awesome. It's a very special thing. It's a magical thing. It looks like a dish a chef would have come up with at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's not the prettiest dish in the world, but it's one of the best things I've ever tasted. I'm talking about the Joe's Special at Marin Joe's in Marin County, California. It's kind of like a hodgepodge, a few different ingredients. It's got egg, it's got ground beef, it's got spinach, it's got caramelized onions. It's so simple. If I had a couple of drinks at 3 o'clock in the morning cleaning out my fridge, I would have put this together. No secrets. But it's an absolute masterpiece and unbelievably delicious. What I love the most about this dish, not only is the flavor fantastic, but the ambiance and the setting of where you get it is really an American institution. And that's what I love about going to Marin Joe's. This place has been around since the 1950s, and it hasn't changed a lick. It's authentic California, authentic Americana. It's old school at its finest. One of the great things is the open kitchen, because you can watch all the action live right in front of you. And if you get a chance to check out the cooks actually put this together, it is poetry in motion. We just start by browning some onions and some hamburger. That's where you get all your flavor. A little salt and pepper. Okay, it looks like we're ready for our spinach. After that, scramble two eggs in it. They toss the whole thing together, and it comes table side, and they finish it with cheese. It is fabulous. So if we're talking about the world of the most beautiful food you've ever seen in your entire life, Joe's Special doesn't fit in that category. What it does fit into is one of the most delicious things you ever taste in your entire life. So this is what you got to do. You got to take your fork, and you got to go in, make sure you get the perfect bite of everything. A little bit of ground beef, lots of spinach. That, I think, arguably, is the world's greatest bite of food. I could eat that every day. The ground beef is nice and rich. The caramelized onions are nice and sweet. I go back to this time and time again because it's so classic. This is, ladies and gentlemen, one of the best things I've ever tasted. This is a Joe special. This is California. Mmm, that's delicious. This dish is crazy great, crazy extraordinary, crazy fantastic. You put crazy in front of an adjective that takes you beyond good, you got this dish. 
One of the pastry chefs I most admire is a woman named Karen Damasco. She makes the desserts at Locanda Verde in downtown Manhattan. The dessert that I think defines her is the maple budino. If you like the flavor of maple syrup and if you like puddings, there is no way on this green earth that you are not going to love this dish. We're talking about a dessert that I adore. There's something about this dish that is so profoundly of the fall. You almost imagine that you're strolling through the woods in Vermont at the peak of leaf season. Budino means pudding. So the maple budino is a maple pudding, but this is so much more than that. It is intense, it is rich, it is luscious, it is fantastic. Well, the first step is making the custard. We're gonna start by caramelizing maple syrup and then adding cream to that and tempering in eggs. Pour it into the cups and you bake it in a water bath. The maple budino is plated very beautifully and very painstakingly. So we get some roasted butternut squash, a few pieces of fresh, crunchy apple, our candied pecans. You've got a great pudding, sure, but until you've introduced this nutty dimension and this crunchy dimension, you haven't really shot the moon. A little bit of maple syrup and the apple butternut sorbet. Which lends some tart notes on the side. And when you put all of that together, it's one of those dishes that you bite into and you think, why hasn't somebody done this dish before? Why haven't I had it before? Why can't I eat it every day? I cannot rave enough about this dessert. All of these flavors go really well together. You've got the sweet, you've got the nutty, and you've got a little bit of the tart. And I just love the silkiness, the creaminess of the pudding that sort of leaves other puddings in its dust. Hmm. You don't just clean your plate, you lick your plate. I need a straw. The maple budino is that extraordinary. There are few things that you can put in your mouth that are more delicious and more satisfying than a tender, juicy piece of braised beef. This is an indulgence. This is the time to go big or go home. In a dish, there can be a time when a perfect storm happens, when the chef knows what they're doing, the quality of the ingredients is right, and it all comes together, and there is a place in L.A. called Jar, and they have pot roast. Yeah, baby! So good. Pot roast that is unbelievable. People talk about this pot roast, the pot roast of Jar, the pot roast of Jar. If you guys go to L.A. and you ask your friends about a great restaurant, they'll say, have you had the pot roast of Jar? When my friend finally brought me to Jar, we ordered the pot roast. It was one of those dining moments that you'll never forget. They've done a really good job of taking a classic dish, amping it up a little bit, turning the knob a little bit, and producing something that's now become literally legendary. They make it perfect at Jar. The reason this recipe really stands out is we use the cut from the short rib. It gives it that extra richness. We season it generously, sear it off. Then we deglaze the pan with some sherry wine. Which is a little bit unusual, by the way. Sherry wine is not often used in pot roast. Has some nice sweetness and lightness to it. They add lots of stock vegetables. They're carrots, they're onions, they're celery, and it cooks slowly. For three hours. At a low temperature, like boom, boom, boom. And then they take it out. And then pour the jus back over the meat itself. It's a really important part of braising. Not to take the meat out of the braising liquid, because if you do that, it dries up like a sponge. It's also really important that anytime you're going to eat any type of pot roast, that you always eat it with a big roasted carrot, some caramelized onion, and creamy horseradish. First thing you notice when this pot roast arrives is that it's coated and shiny. That means that there has been a reduction of the cooking liquid, and it's stuck to the meat, and you know that's going to be delicious. When you put it in your mouth, it just melts. It just goes, whoa, man, this is cool. Sweet beef, meat, mmm. This pot roast makes you feel like, hey, life isn't so bad. That's the power of pot roast. It really appeals to the primal side of my nature. 
It makes me just want to reach in and rip it apart and, and really get messy. It's one of those dishes that would probably be in my top 10 dishes ever to eat. It was perfect. The upper line in New Orleans, they just do gloriously tasty food. And the roast duck is the tastiest thing on the menu. It's a very simple plate, but packs masses of flavor. I travel around the world eating for a living. And the things that make me really happy are just good, old school dishes made really, really well with a lot of love. And with this roast duck, it was absolutely all there. Duck preparation is a fairly long involved one. I guess that's why some people think we're crazy for serving it, because it's an old fashioned way of doing things. They begin with a Long Island maple leaf duck, but it's what they do to it after that that makes it special. We have all the seasoning, garlic and mustard and soy, and we sprinkle it all over it and cook it and it gets crispy and it's irresistible. You get a really succulent, juicy bird with incredibly crunchy skin on top. And then when the kitchen gets the order, you take the duck, put it under the broiler, and crisp that skin. It's served with this lovely sweet potato casserole and two sauces. One is a garlic pork sauce, and the other one is a ginger peach sauce. And then when we put it all together, it's just crazy good. As they bring the plate, you get that absolute blast of scent that just tells you that it's great roasting meat. I think there's no better smell in the world, and I just tear into it, rip the leg off, and I dip it in the sauces with my hand, and I just eat it. You get this moist, juicy, slightly salty meat, sauces that cut through the fattiness of the duck. And I just felt coddled, I felt looked after, and I left that restaurant just beaming. It was so good. Crazy good for me starts with chocolate. I dream about chocolate. I skip meals sometimes just to have chocolate. Chocolate is an addiction. It really does have a strong hold on me. So if I'm gonna indulge in something like that, then I'm going full force. My favorite chocolate obsession is the Matterhorn Cake at Sweet Surrender in Bakersfield, California, two hours north of Los Angeles. Three layers of chocolate goodness. And thank God it's in Bakersfield because otherwise I'd be eating it a lot. First time I actually got the Matterhorn cake, I thought it's probably gonna be just like any other chocolate cake. It looks like any other chocolate cake with layers of buttercream frosting in the center. I tasted the cake and honestly, I was hooked. It was that divine. And the inspiration was Disneyland because you have the big, huge white Matterhorn sprinkled with snow, but we sprinkled it with chocolate instead. So the cake is a three-layer cake. Which is a dense, thick chocolate cake. We use the high-fat cocoa where any cake that's made with baking chocolate, it dilutes the flavor a little bit. So this is a very rich chocolate flavor and definitely fudgy. I think it's just a little undercooked. I think that's kind of the trick to it. If I could give you any one hint, that would be it. Don't overbake the cake. And then I'm not a big buttercream frosting girl. This one has cream cheese. Butter, powdered sugar, real vanilla, and whipping cream. It's mellowed out by the, the heavy whipping cream, but the powdered sugar and the cream cheese together create like a sugary granular crust on the outside. And it's topped with chocolate curls, which happen to be one of my favorite little things. Here it is, the Matterhorn cake. This is a heavy cake. The cake weighs about eight pounds. Eight pounds of pure heaven. The first thing I like to do is take a deep breath. And then the next thing is I look at the frosting and I think to myself, Oh, what the hell? Mm. It's that tangy sweet that just kind of propels you into another world. Mm. And then I slowly work my way through the cake. It's like pure fudge in the center, but it's really not. So I scoop that out first. This will make everything in the world better. Delicious. 
gonna get better than that. It's crazy good. It really is.